For Sandra, Nikki Giovanni. I want to write a poem that rhymes, but revolution doesn't lend itself to beboppin'. Then my neighbor, who thinks I hate, asked, Do you ever write tree poems? I like trees, so I thought I'll write a beautiful green tree poem, peeked from my window to check the image, noticed the schoolyard was covered with asphalt, no green. No trees grow in Manhattan. Then, well, I thought, the sky, I'll do a big blue sky poem, but all the clouds have winged low since no dick was elected. So I thought again, and it occurred to me maybe I shouldn't write at all, but clean my gun and check my kerosene supply. Perhaps these are not poetic times at all. I think this is great. Hello, I'm Vasey Cobine. This is Between Oceans and Gold Teeth, and I also think it's great. And I'm Jill Watson. She ended up writing a poem first. That is the biggest thing that I think is funny is like, but here the poem is. Yeah. So yeah. I thought again, and it occurred to me, maybe I shouldn't write at all, but clean my gun and check my kerosene supply. But I, I don't think that she's, I guess it might be an admission that she's not quite as a revolutionist as she's talking about in the poem. Right. Maybe. I think a lot of. I don't know. The language is sort of soft. Like, it occurred to me, maybe I shouldn't write at all, but do this. Perhaps these are not poetic times at all. You know, maybe she finished this uncertainty, this uncertain something, instead of writing about trees or sky, and then did something else. Yeah. Like, it, it isn't... What did you say? Uncertain language or... Oh, you light? know, soft, I think. Soft, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think that's partially true. It's... I wonder if it's a sort of like, okay, I'll try and write about a tree. Hmm. Ah, the only thing on my mind is this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have two thoughts about it. One, that this is an effort in earnest. Um, and two, that it is a commentary on how there are more important things in the world right now. And by right now, I mean in 1968. And Giovanni, this is, in, I think, from her first collection, which was published in 1968, written in reaction to, like, the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Huey P. Newton and Malcolm X. Yeesh. I know. Heavy stuff. Yeah, we're having a pretty intense month of October. Yeah. I guess end of September, beginning of October. There's so much here that I want to know more about. Like, then my neighbor who thinks I hate. So open-ended. Like, what, what does that mean? Is her neighbor like, oh, man, you won't stop talking about this stuff. Clearly you have hatred, you know, like... Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's hatred to be in, feel incredibly um, to feel incredible injustice at the horrible things that are happening. Yeah, I mean, I obviously cannot speak for people of color or African Americans, but the vibe that I get from this is that like Sandra is either a white lady or someone who is severely disconnected or at least who thinks that Giovanni falls into the like angry black woman trope right yeah. and the reason it's who thinks I hate is because Sandra if Sandra's the neighbor thinks that Giovanni might hate everything so it doesn't matter if it's who thinks I hate her the world society it's everything hate is Giovanni's core characteristic that could be true um you read the poem a little differently than I like you you said do you ever write tree poems I like trees so I thought like Giovanni's the one who likes trees I kind of think Giovanni is the one who likes trees because otherwise it's who I hate asked do you ever write tree poems I like trees see I think you're right because <laughs> it's who I hate asked 
hyphen, do you ever write tree poems, hyphen, I like trees, line break, so I thought. I think you're right, but when I initially read it, I read it as a neighbor um, who thinks I hate asked, do you ever write tree poems? I like trees. I know. Like, I mean, Sandra being the one who says I like trees makes Sandra dumb sounding, which maybe is good. Well, I think I, <laughs> I think like if Sandra is like, hey, you know, you write all these poems and they're good, but they're really angry. Have you read about trees? I like trees. I think they're good to write about. Like, I totally got that vibe from it. That's the vibe I got, too. But I also was like, well, without liking trees herself, Giovanni has no incentive to write the poem at all. That is true. But she doesn't say she likes clouds, does she? I think it's a natural extension, you know, if like, why are trees beautiful for the color, for the connection to nature, and there aren't any of them? So what's the next best thing you could find in Manhattan that's not growing? Well, it's the sky, but fuck there's none of that either did they not have trees in manhattan in 1968 because there are now not like a lot of them but they're there i would i bet that it depends on the neighborhood that you're in i don't know where they plant trees in manhattan um but the park she probably doesn't live at the park no <laughs> i was gonna say no one lives at the park. park there are some people who <laughs> i guess anyway giovanni seems like I think if Giovanni did live in Central Park, this would be a very different piece of work. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was there in February, mm-hmm. and I walked, like, all over. And I don't remember any trees, but I also wasn't, like, tree spotting. Yeah, I mean, I was there in 2016, mm-hmm. and I was in the city a little bit. Like, I went to Central Park, but I mostly was in... I don't even remember where I was. Um, there was a bridge. I don't think there were any trees You know, I don't think Manhattan was built. I don't think New York City was built with trees in mind and its various outlets. That would make sense. Because, like, the trees planted in Bloomington, they had to, like, cut a big hunk out of the sidewalk and, like, put dirt in it and put a tree. And um, there, I think, are too many people walking around in Manhattan for that to be really feasible at all. Yeah. Also, like, the whole urban jungle thing, like there is nothing there's no nature it's just concrete i don't remember you know i this is a tangent that you will edit out probably but people get so elitist about being able to describe manhattan through like the specific locations mm-hmm. i don't know why people oh, think like it brooklyn makes them better the bronx um Harlem, like I'm actually from Harlem, New Upper East Side, that sort of thing. Brooklyn's not actually in Manhattan. Whatever, it's part of the mega city that is New York, part of New York city. State. So like, fuck it. Yeah. No, I just like I, I love. Thought we were trying to dismantle the elitism. I know. I love New York, <laughs> and I think it's great. But like, it, it bothers me that if I'm talking to somebody about New York and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, Upper West, Upper West Side," something, you know, they just throw a street name at me, like. Oh, you should go to like such and such pizza place. It's on this street, you know, across from this place you should know. And I'm like, the fuck, man. People are the same way about Chicago. I think it's a I think it's a it's an identity thing. I know. Because of how different the neighborhoods are. Um I well, I mean people who don't actually live there, but I think it's a sort of like look at how you know, this important city of of American civilization, I'm familiar. Just thinking of, like, that, like, things that you should be familiar with, even if, I mean, I get the sense that this is sort of, like, not actually 
a surprise, but like the whole uh, peeked from my window to check the image, noticed the schoolyard was covered with asphalt. Like that feels like something that probably the speaker knew already, but either is one of those things that is relevant because it fits into the narrative or because they looked out and they were like, oh, I've never really noticed, noticed that there's nothing like that here before. Oh, oh, you know, I will say um, I was walking. I'm going to admit that I'm moderately ignorant about Manhattan. Um, I was walking south from the target that is in Manhattan. There's only one. And there's, um, so I was, I was walking south and it, like, there's these tall high-rise apartment buildings, which all look like they have very small apartments in them. And they have, like, schoolyards there next to schools. And they're, like, mostly asphalt. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, like, tall apartment building, tall apartment building, big empty school lot, tall apartment building. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really weird. It makes sense to me, though. That the schoolyard would be covered with asphalt. Um, well, if you have grass and you have people, like, playing on it all the time, you run out of grass. That's true. I think there was some grass. But, again, this is not 1968. Yeah. Um, it also, I think, depends on where you are. Yeah. You know, one of the weird things about urban life is that once you set yourself up in a city, you have to be, like, super rich to maintain plant life and have space for that yeah and i kind of don't think this is where um she's living at the time and if i was like i'm gonna write a poem about a tree you know or a pond or a bird and i was like what do they look like i've forgotten and i look out a window you know because you're about to start painting and you're like oh i'm not gonna paint that tree yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna paint that pigeon Mm -hmm. i like this poem a lot it's not really for me at all in any way shape or form but I think it still has like a salient message with everything going on these days you know mass shootings (laughs) people in cages political strife whatnot because I think it is an interesting question like what are poetic times does revolution lend itself to be bopping i mean it's like not using poetry literally but like what is what is bebopping and i don't mean that literally but like in this context if something horrible is going on like i I just i don't know i have this idea and i i realize that right now i am co-hosting a podcast Mm -hmm. is like is what i'm literally doing in this second yes that's what we're up to yes so like horrible things happen in the world And especially like in America where every millennial on earth is like, I am a creative. They're like, oh, children in cages? I'm going to draw pictures of it and post it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Is it doing anything? Well, okay. Here's a question. So like with the um, detaining children at the border, keeping them in cages, I bought this book for the, well, I heard about it before. I heard about it at the Alta conference which was in 2018. So this has been going on for a long time Mm. now, over a year. Um, And it was at this panel for translating, like translating in like areas where there's political strife. And there was this guy who went into these detention centers and ran poetry workshops with these teenagers who were detained um, 
because they had like high suicide and self-harm rates as you would imagine that they would um and he took this the poems that they wrote and translated them and the book sales are going toward like legal defense funds for children um for their cases because a lot of kids can't afford lawyers because Mm -hmm. they're actual children um but kids who manage to get lawyers fare a lot better than children who do not so that's Mm -hmm. where the funds of the book are going to and that seems like a good reason to make art that seems like a fantastic reason so maybe the answer is it depends on the art yeah Mm -hmm. yeah probably and i think probably this is the kind of art that you know makes sense i wasn't no i was not crapping on this particular piece Um, oh no i know i mean i also know what you're talking about though like this idea of like someone who's entirely unaffected by the problem is like well this is what i think that that is like and here's this short story about what it's like and it's like you didn't even do any research kid like and they're also creating it only for themselves which can be okay but yeah i I, I don't know yeah i mean i i feel a little weird talking about this because i don't know this is one of those like does context matter because this came from a very specific context and i'm not really a part of that context in any way but i i don't know like i said earlier it still feels salient and it still feels like it's asking a question that i want to try and answer but i also know that me talking about it doesn't move the needle on the problem that it was meant to address or the problem that still exists you know, in the world today. Like, yeah. If people, you know, like, we're not the podcast for that. Pod Save America, maybe, but, like, not not Pod Save America. Pod Save the people. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. Like, I think as a piece of poetry, I can, you know, we can read this and we can get stuff out of it. As far as, like, the the specific cultural times that it's referring to, there's, there's not a whole lot that I can say because I just don't. I just don't know what I, I wouldn't know what I was talking about. So I brought up Dave Chappelle last yeah. episode, and I'm going to bring him up again. Um, because also in his newest Netflix special, he has another joke about the only way to get white people to enact gun control is for black people to start buying guns en masse, which <laughs> is funny. Wow. And exactly why California started passing all sorts of gun restrictive laws in the 60s because the black panthers were open carrying and they like brought guns to a speech where nixon was governor and then california wrote a bunch of gun legislation to like keep guns out of the streets but it really was to keep guns away from like the black panther party huh that's fascinating Mm -hmm. dave Chappelle's pretty um he's pretty on it he's a very interesting social commentator like obviously he's a comedian so like he probably doesn't mean some of the stuff that he says but the positions he takes are interesting to me um i definitely don't agree with them all and also like their jokes (laughs) so yeah i i i have not seen the special that you're referring to Mm -hmm. um but yeah no i to be completely fair though if we're still talking about dave Chappelle, (laughs) i appreciate the honesty that he tries to portray um even if i do disagree with some of his points which i can't say that i do or do not i remember watching 
one of his previous specials. And I don't know how I felt about it, but it did make me a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Just that it makes me uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's a wrong position. I would need to see it again. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like what if what if Sandra's sitting here going, oh, this um, this Giovanni neighbor of mine is like really good but her poetry makes me uncomfortable sometimes Mm -hmm. i'm gonna bring her over some cakes and tell her to write about trees i don't know do you ever write tree poems that is something that's so funny to me like i'm thinking of someone very specific like i'll occasionally go to like grassroots poetry readings or whatever whatnot and i've gone to two of the same one at the same place and there's an older woman blonde heavy set christian very embarrassed to be there and reading stuff but also is like writing is my passion and she's also like i don't ever want to stand up to read i just want to sit but then we'll read stuff that's like five minutes long and her lead-in both times also to multiple pieces was my relatives don't get it and they're like why don't you just write something happy and she's like i don't want to write about like trees and dumb stuff like that like (laughs) i'm writing is emotional catharsis and then i'll just like go off and it's like this is something that people ask poets all the time i think it's like why don't you just write about like why do you have to be political like why do you have to say that why not i don't know i think it's more important to say it than not say it Yeah, I mean, I've, there's like, so there's a poet um, named Ogden Nash, and he wrote humorous poetry. Mm -hmm. And I read it and I go, oh, I mean, that's so great. That's so funny. That's so clever. But like, then it just goes. And it's like a party trick. If I memorize that poem, I can like recite it to somebody, make them laugh. It's a party trick. But, like, when I sit down and I read poetry, I want to read stuff that isn't necessarily sad, but it, like, it it pushes my emotional imagination, Mm -hmm. I guess. And poems about trees don't do that. Maybe they do. Mostly no. Mostly no. I mean, if the tree is, like, existing as a really good metaphor. Sure. I read a poem about, like, a vine and kudzu. We did. Several months ago, and that was great. That was, like, over a year ago. That was, like, oh. episode... That was, like, way early. That was, like, episode six or seven. That was a good That was a good poem. It was a good poem. We didn't like it too much when we read it. <laughs> we were a little bit mean to it. Oh, um, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, this is something that occasionally comes up when we talk about, like, really old work, but, like, this idea that, like, the older the writer the more forgiving i am of the whole like quote-unquote basic metaphor type thing Mm -hmm. or like time spent i was in all of my high school english career blurs together for me because i had the same english teacher for three or four years so like it could have happened at any point during three of those four years but we were talking about like nature poetry and he gave us these two examples of nature poetry and one of them was like very straightforward like oh how nice the flowers are whatever and then another one which i think was about dandelions probably it was actually about daffodils i think this was the good example but i don't remember it was about daffodils but it was a very subtle metaphor about something that made it quite relevant 
and interesting. And I think there are ways to like write the tree poem that are worthwhile, but there are plenty of ways to write the tree poem that are just not worth your time, especially if, you know, there's a revolution going on. Yeah. I think the cool thing about this poem is it, it is talking about that sort of stuff. She didn't just go, no, I won't write a tree poem and then write another poem about revolution. Like she folded that in um, to what she had to say. She mm -hmm. was like, look, we don't, we, we, there's really no time for, you know, like if you've, if you've woken up to the sound of, you know, the enemy invading your, the gates of your city, right? And you're like, well, wait, we always eat breakfast and coffee at 6 a.m. We need to do that first. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have time. No. Today yeah. is different. That makes me appreciate even more. But all the clouds have winged low since no dick was elected. Like, nature has changed in response to changing, like, earthly political conditions. Yes. Yeah. Like, things, things have gotten worse, or at least are currently in a state that we don't want them to be in. Mm -hmm. And we don't have time to eat breakfast about it. Yeah. It is worth saying that no dick is Nixon. Thanks for putting that. Yeah. In the comments. I knew, but like... It... I was pretty sure because... I didn't know who else it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I looked it up just to make, just to be positive about it. I really don't want to talk about Nixon. No, we don't have to. I am I'm, just blown away by what he got away with. I've had enough of corrupt presidents for my lifetime. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Maybe I shouldn't write it all, but clean my gun and check my kerosene supply. Mm -hmm. Perhaps these are not poetic times at all. I do wonder about those lines, like, clean my gun and check my kerosene supply. Like, is Giovanni on the attack or the defense or just ready for whatever comes their way? I think they might be ready for whatever comes their way. Although I don't know. I don't know that much about their life at all, really. Mm -hmm. um, I read a little bit of their biography. So I, I don't know if they were advocating, like revolution of sorts or if they were just like we are being attacked mm -hmm. literally yeah i don't know i don't know either i guess there also is the like option three which is the speaker in this poem is not giovanni themselves and this person has different supplies than giovanni themselves actually would i feel like we don't pick those poems very often <laughs> i don't know i yeah i guess i do tend to steer toward things that i feel like are personal yeah and it is, it is written in all lowercase, which I also tend to associate with the speaker being more like the author than not, mm. um, which is like a bad habit I probably learned from Charles Bukowski. Um, but like, whatever. <laughs> We've been bringing him up a lot. Yeah, I don't know why. He's so stupid influential. And like, but not like, it's not like he made up this stuff, but he like popularized it. Yeah. And I find it, I just find it irksome sometimes because he doesn't have a monopoly on it, but like, he's the one who comes to mind in my brain, which like, he's a good poet, but kind of a jerk. We've been over that. Yeah. I don't really have anything new to say about him. No, we've talked about him a lot. 
I think it's interesting the way this starts. Like, I want to write a poem that rhymes, but revolution doesn't lend itself to bebop. And then my neighbor. Like, is she talking to her neighbor about this, do you think? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe she was telling... Maybe she was telling her neighbor something along those lines. I want to write a poem that rhymes, but revolution doesn't lend itself to bebop. And and their neighbor was trying to be helpful. Like, well, it doesn't have to rhyme, but what if you wrote about a tree? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Or maybe they were sitting there trying to write, and their neighbor, completely out of the blue, was like, oh, you know what you should write about? Trees. Come on, Nikki. Write about trees. Um, I do find it particularly irksome when I'm doing a thing, a creative thing, and somebody's like, oh, you should do this instead, right? Like, I mean, not not so much if somebody whom I'm asking for advice is like, look, what are you trying to do here? What are you trying to do with this? You know, but if I'm doing a thing and somebody's like, yeah, you shouldn't have named them to that. You should give them a real character name instead of a fake name. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, well, it's just, you know, people associate with real names better and that sort of thing. And I'm like, I don't need my writing to make it or break it on whether people remember the character's name. I do like that when you're up to something and then someone who has no idea, maybe that's what we're what doing you're right up now. To? But like someone who has no idea what you're up to comes up and is like, oh, I heard about something tangentially adjacent to that once. Have you ever done that so that what you're doing lines up with what's going on in my brain? Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you tried a little bit to figure out what I'm up to, but you're not right. You're not right. It is funny. Um, People often seem to know more, you know, internally. They know more about what you are doing than you do. But you're the one who's doing it. I know. Mm -hmm. That's what they think. That's, I don't know. This whole, I think it's so funny that this poem is called For Sandra, who could, I think only could be this neighbor. I think so, too. Right? Because it's so like, well, Sandra came up to me, and then I did my best, but Sandra was fucking wrong. It's almost it's almost like she was like, okay, Sandra, I'm going to go do that. Went to her typewriter, wrote, for Sandra. <laughs> yeah. I want to write a poem. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That is, that does, it is kind of broken up that way, because like stanza one is, I want to write a poem that lends that rhymes but revolution doesn't lend itself to be bopping and and then stanza two is then my neighbor all the way through no trees grow in manhattan and then we've got a couple of short stanzas and it is very much like the stanza breaks where the thought breaks yeah on to the next thing if you would yeah no i think oh (laughs) (laughs) perhaps these are not poetic times at all that stanza looks like a gun. Oh it oh it does. Oh it does. Because it's perhaps these are not poetic line break times line break at all. Yeah, which like can you so just imagine if this was a movie with the poem as a narration, just imagine that when you hear the narrator say, perhaps these are not poetic times at all, is when the speaker character here brandishes their pistol and like loads it. 
Oh, really? There's not like a gunshot and the scene cuts to something else? No, I just mean like it's it's somebody at a typewriter or something, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to write and they're trying to write and they're trying to write and they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. These are not poetic times. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. That would be a very nice bit of like symbolism well, it's like at work. My pen is my sword. But like yeah. you can't. You you can't write a letter to the people who are murdering, you know, your family members and get them to stop. I mean, you can, you but need to, we'll see how effective that is. I mean, <laughs> there are times when you need to, like, fight back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think so. For Sandra, Nikki Giovanni, I want to write a poem that rhymes, but revolution doesn't lend itself to bebopping. When my neighbor, who thinks I hate, asked, do you ever write tree poems? I like trees, so I thought I'll write a beautiful green tree poem. Peeked from my window to check the image, noticed the the schoolyard was covered with asphalt. No green, no trees grow in Manhattan. Then, well, I thought the sky. I'll do a big blue sky poem. But all the clouds have winged low since no dick was elected. So I thought again, and it occurred to me, maybe I shouldn't write at all, but clean my gun and check my kerosene supply. Perhaps these are not poetic times at all. 